0: Bless the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. It is good to see you all in God's house this morning. Amen. I am blessed to count myself among the fathers of Lighthouse Church of God. I am so blessed to have for myself a godly father. Amen. The older I get, the more I appreciate the heritage of faith, of love, of hope that was passed on to me by my father, who I am grateful today to say Happy Father's Day, too, if he is listening. If he's not, we'll take care of that later today. amen Amen. I welcome all those who are listening to in our live audio line as well as you who are here in person you look wonderful this morning those of you I can't see I'm sure you look well as you can but it's a special day here and I look forward to Father's Day I do because well I get some good stuff and that's important (laughs) amen you know I, just about everything I wear is a Father's Day uh, event at, at one time, another in my life. My children have been buying me shirts and ties and suits and clothes from basically the time they were being born. i I, I would uh, always go through my father's day's gift, hoping to be uh, expecting and, and and so excited to get. Whatever my children's taste were running that year, let me put it that way. So if there was a new uh, comic book movie out, I'd get Superman stuff, I'd get Star Wars stuff.
1: Uh,
0: if they couldn't find uh, the comic book stuff, I'd get football stuff, uh, dolphins and hurricanes, and uh, I just just love it. It's you know, it's more precious to me than just something to wear. It's a testimony to that special relationship that the father has with his children. And uh, I know you what I'm talking about if you are a father as well. And of course, we take the opportunity to remember those fathers that aren't with us anymore. Some of you today are thinking of a special person who is no longer. In this world but we have hope do we not that we shall see them again and their testimony of faith and their testimony of love for their families for their children is not perished it's not gone out of the world you are a living testimony to that we're all living testimonies to our fathers whether present or absent and I hope for you it's a good thing. It's a good testimony. And then if the case is such that it's not such a good testimony, we have our Father in heaven, do we not?
1: Yes.
0: And what a blessing that is. Yes. And that's what I want to direct your attention to this morning, to 1 John, the first letter of John, chapter 2. And uh, i just say again, What a privilege it is to stand before you on this day. I always look forward to giving the brethren a word of comfort and encouragement on this day. You know, it's not easy to be a father. It's not easy right now. It's not very easy even to be a man. (laughs) Our current culture uh, is in the process of attempting to redefine. Masculinity, in particular, godless masculinity. And uh, while I am all for uh, being as inclusive as we can within limits, I resist this redefinition of what it means to be a man and of what it means to be a man of God. Uh, I, I, I can't go along with this. Uh, It's not godly, it's not biblical, it's not even rational in my own mind. There's no logic behind it. It's a perversity that was prophesied by the Apostle Paul in his opening words to the Romans, where he said they will be turned over to a reprobate mind, a mind incapable of distinguishing what is good, what is evil, what is right, what is wrong. And we are seeing that prophetically fulfilled in our own time. But thank God we have the sure foundation of God's Word. As long as we have this testimony, church, as long as we hold to this testimony, we'll be okay. The world will change around us, and there's very little we can do about that except just to continue to share the love of God and the love of Christ and impact those we can particularly beginning with our own families and our own children. If we could win that battle, I think we'd make a great difference in the world.
1: You
0: know, I I, I realized a long time ago, you know, when I was called to preach, called to pastor, called to minister, I said, God, I I I am happy to do it. I am willing to go out there and give all that I have to deliver the families of my flock I said, buddy, it has to be on this condition that you take care of mine. If you will take care of my family, God, I will do everything I can for the families of, of your church. And God has been faithful to keep that word to me. And I'm grateful for that this morning. Let's read together from 1 John chapter 2. We're going to read from verses 12 down through verse 14. Here the apostle writes, he says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Then he says it again, but in a little different terms. He says, I write to you, little children, because you have known the father. I have written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. May God's blessings rest upon the reading of his word. Let's pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, oh my Father, I come to you today giving thanks for the Word that you have shared with us today, giving thanks for its inspiration, its preservation, and its translation, that we might be able to read and understand it in our own words, in our own language. What a gift it is to know the mind, the will, the Word of God. I pray for the anointing to flow today. Freely, clearly, abundantly, God. Let the Word of God take form and substance. Let it come alive in our presence. Let it be to us as an oracle of the Holy Spirit. Let every heart, let every mind be open, be receptive. Let every doubt be cast aside. Let every fear be overcome. Let this Word take root. And let it bear fruit. I ask this in Jesus' name. And all of the church who agrees says, Amen. There's no doubt in my mind that fatherhood is a gift from God. I know this because God himself is a father. Not only in the eternal sense where we think of God as the author and origin of all living things in this world, but also in the personal sense that God himself had a son, that son being Jesus Christ our Lord. So the the, the God of creation is also the God of procreation, and I want you to think about that for just a moment. Because it can be a very lonely and very difficult thing to be a father. There's a pressure there. There's a calling there. There's a, there's, there, there's a, a sense of duty that comes. I remember uh, uh, when, when my firstborn came into this world, I was, uh, I was quite young. I, I was, uh, uh, what, uh, see, July. So I was 19, 19 years old, married and had a kid. And uh, you, you don't even. You know, I, you, I can't even explain to you what that, what that, what that felt like. And and uh, and just uh, just a moment or two past his first birthday. Guess what? Here comes the second one. Right. So here I am, 20 now years old, and there's two that are depending on these hands and this back and this brain. Oh, God, help us all. If, that's, if it comes down to that, we're in trouble. Amen? God has to help us. And, and, he, and I remember the press, just the pressure sitting on my, on my it felt like a, a weight on my chest. And I thought about these lives being dependent upon my ability to provide and protect and preserve them. And, 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 and that's just such a solemn responsibility. And, it, and I'll say it, and I'll say it honestly, and you may, you see, you may be one of the tough ones, but I, I'll tell you, I was scared. Yes. I was afraid. If there's anything that will drive a man to his knees before his God, yes. it is the understanding of what depends, What, what, the, what those who are relying upon you, yes. those who are dependent upon you. Uh, to 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 take care of them, you know these little children. He he begins this letter by writing to the little children and that state of, of 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 being just brand new in this world. It's such a precious state, but it's such a vulnerable position. That little child, uh, uh, they can't feed themselves, they can't clothe themselves, they can't care for themselves. You have to do everything for them. You know, when I I was interning at at the North Spartanburg Church of God, an associate pastor there, uh, my my pastor was putting me through the paces, you know, like they do when you're young in the ministry. They want to make sure that you have been fully vetted and and, and been fully rounded in all aspects of ministry. So one Sunday, I was assigned by myself to the nursery. (laughs) I almost quit on the spot. And Lord, this ministry thing is not for me. If it means this. And they left me in this room with these babies. It must have been temporary insanity. What were they thinking? But they said, you're a dad, you'll figure it out. And there I was with these little children... And, and and they were just, I mean, you just could not take your eyes off of them for a second. I mean, you'd look away and you look back and one of them's coloring on the wall and the other's pulling something down on top of themselves and another's in a corner ripping stuff up and you're like, oh, Jesus, come now. Rapture me now. Get me out of this. Or I have to face the wrath of the parents who are saying, What did you do to my children? When you have such a vulnerable life and it's and you're the one who is responsible. Just, you know, I, I consider it a badge of honor that all of my children made it to adulthood or what passes for adulthood in 2021. They've redefined that as well. But they've all made it. To, I, I, I somehow, by the grace of God, they're all still alive and breathing, and, and they've still made it. And, and, and some of them even have a little bit of education, and, and some of them have a little bit of skill. And I thank God. You know, because my goal and focus was just just you know, day by day to just figure out some way of getting through the moments. And there were some moments. Children will try you. I love my kids, but there were moments. There were moments where they, they were almost put in a box and dropped off at the fire station. <laughs> And I'm not talking about his infants. I'm talking about 12, 13, 14 years old. Get in the box. The firemen are going to take you now. Children will try you. And they don't even mean to try you, but they will try you. And there's the things that you can't even control. I was talking with a uh, a fellow at work uh, last week, and we were just talking about our kids. And we talking about his little girl, and and, uh, she's two, three years old, whatever, and she was sick. And, I said, is that such a helpless feeling?" He said, "Yeah, it's a helpless feeling." And I told him the story of when my little uh, three—I don't know—two, three, four-year-old daughter had appendicitis, but couldn't tell us that she had appendicitis. Couldn't tell us. All she could say was, "My tummy hurts, Daddy." And and boy, you just you just you just feel so helpless. Yeah. You just feel like there's just, and, and, and you get into the hospital, and, and you know, some, they mean well, but they don't, you know, they're busy, and they got stuff to do, and, and you're just sitting there, and you're feeling moment by moment that desperation building. Something's wrong with my child. Why don't you understand that? Why don't you understand that you've got to fix this, and you've got to fix this now? Because as her father, I'm not going to have a moment's peace. Am not going to be able to have a moment's peace until I know that she's going to be okay? And I went that they all tried me that way. My 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 middle uh, in, a, in a body cast for for six weeks because he decided to climb up the entertainment center, and I'm in I'm in I'm two hours away, and no, this is pre cell phone. Uh, boy, you fathers today, you don't even understand what I'm talking about. But this is before all of that mess. There was no instant communication. There was no way to get hold of me. I'm driving a truck. I'm on the other side of the state. And somehow I get a, a voicemail left on my work line that I have to call in from a payphone to check to tell me you've got to get home. Because your son is in the emergency room in the ICU, and and they don't know. And, and boy, I tell you, you have those moments as a father where your just world just just becomes very black and white. There are no shadows, no shades of gray. I had I had a truck full of uh, of material, and I didn't. That didn't matter anymore. And speed limits didn't matter, and red lights didn't matter. And I, I tell you what, all I know is I. I started praying, speaking in tongues from the moment I hung up the phone and don't remember a thing until I walked into the hospital room two hours later. That's, you know, they try you, these kids. My oldest, my oldest, I tell you, he, he, he was something. Now, now he's in the room, so I'm going to speak in code. But you know, it, it, uh, you know, I it, it, and, oh, put put your put your fingers in your ears. <laughs> I dropped that boy on his head so many times. <laughs> I'm talking about from from this size, just dropping him on his head. I don't know what was wrong with me. But I was uh, I you know, I was just barely a kid. I mean, I was just a kid myself, and trying to hold this kid, and couldn't hold him. Poor guy, dropped him on on, on pavement. Drop him on on just. Uh, if he's a little, if he's a little off today, it's my fault. <laughs> you can only take so many shots to the head, but somehow, way the mercy of God, yeah. the grace of God, the care of God, cut me through that stage of life with the little ones, and then, and then he talks about young men. There comes that moment where they finally can stand on their own. Yeah. Or at least they think. <laughs> when is that moment, by the way? What? Never mind. Yeah. At some point, you get to the point where you're able to stand. Now, I'm speaking in the natural. We know John is writing to the spiritual side of it here, and we'll deal with that momentarily. But there comes that moment where they've gotten through the schooling and the college and, the, and, 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 and whatever else is going in there, and, and they step out into the world.
1: Yeah.
0: And all you can do at that moment as a father is just say, God, I, I hope it was enough. I hope it was enough. I, I did everything I knew to do. I tried to teach them right from wrong. I tried to teach them good from evil. I tried to teach them priority. I tried, I tried to make sure I would tell my kids and they could probably quote it back to me. I would say, you can't drift. You have to have a plan. There has to be purpose.
1: There
0: has to be purpose to everything you do. Don't just don't just go out there and just go with the flow. The flow will take you to the drain. Yes. Come on, the flow always goes to the drain. Somebody can tell you. Sometimes there's a guy that was very famous that I, I worked with for a long time, and he said, "Man, let's just go with the flow." And I would always remind him, "You know where the flow ends up, don't you?" Yes. It always ends up in the drain. It always ends up going down the toilet. That's where the flow goes. The flow goes to the lowest point. Yes. I said, "You got to go against the flow." I had to tell my children, "You got to go against, You got to have purpose." Don't get dragged down with all the rest of the mess. Amen. You gotta be intentional and you gotta go with purpose in. But there comes that moment where you just you've held on for so long, but there comes that moment you've got to let go. Amen. And what amazed me was as scared as I was when they were my responsibility, I got even more scared when they took responsibility for themselves. <laughs> At least when they were little children, I had some measure of control. I could tell them when to go to bed. I could tell them what to eat. I could tell them what to do and not to do. But when they get to that age, where they've got to start choosing for themselves, oh, Lord, your heart is just in your throat at all times. And you see them. Make certain choices, and every fiber of your being screams, no, don't do that. And they pray for that Holy That's why the Holy Spirit, he, he just, he's my friend. That's why he's my friend. He just comes in and says, hey, 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 slaps me a couple times, hey, just, just, just pray. And he'll remind me of some stupid thing I did, and I thought, oh, okay, I, now see where they get it from. I tell you what, that's one prayer I always prayed as a father. I said, I said, Lord, I don't care what else they get from me. Don't let them get my stupidity. Yeah. Don't let them do the same dumb things that I did. Don't let them have the same level of ignorance to life that I had. I tell you what, it's, it's a scary moment when they stand on their own.
1: Yeah.
0: When you let them go into the world and you're just praying Pray that they can navigate all of the snares of the enemy. He's just laying in wait around every corner, every channel, every time they click on their phone or the computer. He's just laying in wait, and you're just praying, Lord, help them overcome the wicked one. I like the way John says that. that you pray. Help them overcome, let them be strong. Strong in their faith, strong in their knowledge, strong in their purpose, strong in their passion.
1: Yeah.
0: Let, them, let them attack this world with some with some energy and some, some 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 authority. Don't let the enemy dictate to them. You pray that as a father. I pray that as a father. I still pray. It, still pray it through this st- yeah. day. Still pray it through, because when you're a father. And you have control, you're scared. But when you're a father and you don't have control, you're terrified. Yes. You're just almost catatonic. You're, all, you're almost paralyzed. Yes. You know. And it's, it's, it's different, I think, a little bit. And I can't speak with any sort of authority. It's a little bit different, I guess, in some ways with moms than it is with dads. I suppose it is. You know, moms are special and precious and loving and kind and nurturing, but dads, we feel, and maybe it's me, maybe it's all of us, maybe it's a male thing, but we just kind of feel, you know, in some ways that we are a little bit more disconnected once they get to certain ages. We feel a little apart. We kind of feel that that moment to where they're not calling you anymore. They're not asking your advice. They don't care about your opinion anymore for the first I don't know 10, 12, 15 years of my life I, I, their lives I was the smartest person they knew and they didn't want to know anything ask dad ask your father that's what my, my, my wife would say go ask dad Any, anything you wanted, wanted to know how birds flew wanted to know why the sun shine, wanted to know whatever whatever it was in life ask dad And then they get to a certain point and I don't understand how this happens but the older my children get, the dumber I get. And they find other people. They go to friends. They go to teachers. They go to, God forbid, celebrities and people on the Twitters and the Facebooks and the internet. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, Jesus, help us. Because and it's weird. It is. It's weird. And I don't say this with any sort of anything but just an expression of how strange it is to me. Others, people's children, will call me to ask me, but my own will not. Is that is that weird? Does that happen to you guys too, or is that just me? I got a whole list of. I mean, my phone. I've got a thousand numbers in this world of other people's kids, nieces and nephews and cousins, and, and they'll, they'll ask me about every step of the way. But my own children—they're like, "No, not dad, dad. What is he done? And it's a, it, it just fills your heart with such so trepidation, but you pray.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. And I, I, what I wanted to focus on, and I got a little distracted, because when I talk about my stuff, I get distracted. But what I wanted to focus on was you. this statement he makes back when he goes back to the little turn, because you know the Father. Yes. And that's the thing I anchor all of my fatherhood in, and all of my male masculine, God masculine, all of it to me, I draw from this one simple thing, because I know the Father. To me, that is the most comforting and encouraging thing I can speak to any man here today, whether you're a biological father, whether you're a spiritual father, whether it doesn't matter. Someone looks to you. If you, if you, if you reach a certain stage of life as a, as a man, you come, to a, you come to a position where somebody, whether it's a girlfriend, a wife, a, a co-worker, somebody looks to you. For the example of who they're supposed to be. What a, what a terrible and awesome responsibility that is. When someone is looking at you to figure out who they are supposed to be. You feel that in the core of your being. I feel it in the core of my being. I walk according to the old King James, circumspectly. Because I know there are eyes everywhere watching me, not just because I'm a pastor or bishop or whatever, but because I am a man of a certain age. There are people coming up, young men, young women, trying to figure out who they are. And the only guides that they have are those of us who've come before them. I don't want you to underestimate your influence, brother. I don't want you to underestimate the impact you're having day in, day out, just by showing up in people's lives. Whether you ever preach them a sermon, whether you ever take them by the hand and pray with them, it'd be great if you did that. But even if it it doesn't happen, your presence... Your example, your testimony is having an impact either for good, and I don't want to pick at the sore, but you brought it up, Sister Carol. When a man is not present, when he's not engaged, when he's not invested, when he stands apart and stands aloof and cuts himself off, that is also an example. That is also impactful. There are whole generations of families that have come up in homes without the example of a father, of a husband, of a man invested in his family's well-being. And so we have, whether logical, spiritual, or otherwise, we, we brethren, we I, I, ladies, you had your moment on Mother's Day. This is for the brethren. We have a tremendous responsibility Amen. it is awesome but it's terrifying because we not only have to walk and try to and can I, can I let you can I let your moms and sisters and daughters and on the most protected and guarded secret in all of maildom' to, uh, this is this is this is this is revolutionary. This is a revelation like you've never heard before. This is something that's going to blow your mind. Not The best investigative people on the planet have not figured this out. So here it is, ladies. We men have no idea. We are ignorant and foolish and on more than one occasion, stupid. Keep that. let's keep that in here we really are the greatest stress we feel as men is we are being expelled to an expectation and held to a standard and we've got no clue how to even live up to it oh no wait a minute that might be you pastor but me I'm manly man I'm, you know, I don't even know who manly man is anymore. Who's manly man? I'm Bear Grylls. I eat bugs and climb mountains and survive in deserts. I'm manly man. Bear Grylls actually has a little devotional Bible out where he talks about this very thing, how the world looks at you one way, but you look in the mirror and see something completely different. And I've looked in that mirror a long time. 40 and then some. And I can tell you what stares back at me. I've got, I'm clueless except for this one thing. I know the Father. And when I don't know, I know the one who does know. And to know the Father, to know my sins are forgiven, and all the times I've failed my children, and all the times I've failed this generation, are under the blood of Jesus Christ, and not one of those failures is counted against me. Amen. Because I could be man enough to admit that. It takes a real man to admit that there are times where I just dropped the ball, I let the whole thing fall. I have, I have complicated relationships with my children because of that very thing. No lack of love, no lack of care, no lack of interest, but there are just parts of me that I've never been able to share. I have stood in pulpits and preached many a sermon and ministered to many a family, but there are times where I have failed my own and not been a pastor and a priest and a minister to the ones who needed me most. And I've gone before God on that more than once in my life. And God has told me, yes, he screwed up, but here's the deal. You know the Father, and your sins are forgiven in his name. And the Father dwells in you. I've written to you fathers, because you've known him, and you know him. And I say to you fathers today, spiritual biological and otherwise if you know the father you as a father are going to be just fine isn't that a relief isn't it a relief we men and again I know the world is in the in the process of redefining even that word but I'm going to use the biblical definition God created the male and female.
1: That's how God set it up. That's the way it
0: is. You men today, you have a lot of responsibility. The world is looking to you. Your neighbors are looking to you. And even though they don't talk to you about it anymore, even your children are still watching you. And they're wanting to see an example of what godly masculinity actually is. Godly masculinity, it's not being cut off and aloof and unapproachable. Jesus wept. He hugged. He told his disciples how much he loved them while also rebuking them, while also correcting them, while also instructing them. Being a godly man doesn't mean being a machine doesn't mean being, being, being so far above everything else that no one can even hope to reach you. It means knowing the Father. And I can say to you today, I know him.
1: Hallelujah. I know
0: the Father. And because I know him, and because I know what he is doing in the life of all the fathers of Lighthouse Church of God, everything's going to be okay. If we know God, we know what it takes to be a father. And that's the lesson I learned at 19 and 20 and 22 and 23, 25 and 35 and 45 and whatever I am now. I learned that the only thing I really needed to know to know how to be a father was to know the father. And if I knew the father, I could look to him, follow his example, be like him while others were trying to be like me. There was one point, I don't remember exactly all the situations, but my daughter was going through one of her episodes with men. She had just decided she was done with all of them. Didn't want any man anywhere near. there. She was just done. And I saved it somewhere. I don't remember exactly where, but she put on my Facebook that Father's Day when she was going through that time in her life. She says, to the all I've ever known I said uh oh some, some boy has made her mad you can tell when some boy makes her mad cause she calls she comes to daddy she says thank you for being the only real man I've ever known I throw that in her face sometimes No, but it reminds me when difficulties come, and when trials come, and when the enemy rises up, and when they go through the messes, and I prayed, oh I prayed so hard that there would be no messes, but you can't avoid them. When they go through the messes, they would at least have that standard to look to. And I told my children, I tell, them, I tell my new daughter, put her for a loop this morning. I had three children very young, and then I had my favorite when I was a little older. Don't you ever let any man fall below that standard. Ladies, hold them. Hold your husbands and hold your sons and hold your brothers to the standard. People are watching. The world is watching. A generation is watching. And if we're not careful, we're going to lose this generation. Because they don't have real fathers who will stand up and show them what it means. What godly masculinity actually is. Let's stand this morning. Our time has gotten away from us and I do want to say a word of great appreciation to you, women who blessed us this morning. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for all the kind words. We appreciate that. It's an encouragement to us. And I want to pray a blessing over the fathers and men in this house today, because I know, I know how tough it's getting. It's getting hard. It's getting hard to walk in this way, in this world. I'm going to ask you to, ladies and children present, just to stretch your hands for these brethren. I know we have concerns about getting too close to each other today, but prayer doesn't require anything but faith and sincerity. Amen. So let's pray for these men of God today. Father, thank you for the men of God, for those godly masculine men that you have placed in our lives today, men of character, men of substance, men who know what it means to go through the battles, to go through the struggles, to fight the war, the good war, the war of faith. Thank you for their examples. Thank you for their testimonies. Thank you for the things they've taught us. Thank you for the path that they have cleared for us. Our way is easier because they went before us. We give them honor today, Lord, and we thank you for them. And I pray a prayer of special blessing. Blessing from heaven. Blessing from the Father of fathers. Blessing from the Father of us all. The Father who gave His only begotten Son. The Father who loved this world so much that He was not willing to let one father or one child perish. A blessing from that Father to all these who are present with us today. I bless them in His name. I bless them in the name of this Son. I bless them in the name of the Holy Spirit. I bless their going out, and I bless their coming in. I bless their rising up, and I bless their lying down. I bless the works of their hands and the words of their mouth. Let not one word fall to the ground, O God. Let not one work remain undone. I bless them, Father, in your name today. I pray for their physical strength, that it will not fail them, O God. That their eyes will be bright, and their joints and their muscles and their limbs will be strong. I pray for their spiritual strength, O God. That they would be men without compromise, men without a shadow of turning in their lives, men who walk the walk and talk the talk, O God. I pray for their souls. That you, would guard them, that you would guard them, Holy Spirit, guard their souls, guard their hearts, guard their minds. For the enemy seeks whom he may devour. I pray for their families. I pray for their children. I pray for their wives. I pray for their, 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 their homes, O oh God. That they would be outposts and bastions and fortresses of the kingdom of heaven, O oh God. That the love and the light of Jesus Christ would fill these homes as it fills their hearts, O oh God. I pray, O oh God, today for the men of this church, O oh God, that they will lead boldly, that they will lead with clarity, that they will lead with purpose, that they will lead with intentionality, O oh God, that they will know who they are and whose they are. They'll know where they're going and they'll know how to get there, O oh God. Grant them wisdom. Grant. Favor. Grant them blessing, oh God. Prosper their hearts and prosper their hands. Use them to advance your cause in this world. This we pray in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Brethren, I bless you. I give you pastoral blessing. And I pray for the Lord God himself to have his hand upon your lives. Be a testimony. Be an example. They're watching. They're looking for something stable, something real. This whole world is looking for something that they can depend on. Someone they can depend on. Let it be the men of God. Amen? Amen. Anyone have anything to share? Before we let you go this morning, I receive Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I covered myself as well as you. Amen. All right. All hearts and minds are clear. Bless the Lord. God bless you today. Read each other. Whether it's your first time. Whether you're sometimes, whether you're every time, thank you for being here today. We love you. God bless you today.
1: This has been a production of the Lighthouse Church of God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. You are welcome to join us for service every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and on Wednesdays at 745 p.m. For more information or to support our ministry, visit our website at www.lhcogfl.org. Or if you're in the Broward County area, we would love for you to visit our church located at 1890 Southwest 31st Avenue, Fort Lauderdale, Florida 33312. God bless you. Until next time. This is the Lighthouse Church of God, lighting the way through the storms of life.